Upon the hour, and the sun begins to fade. Still enough time to figure out how to chase my blues away. I've done all right up till now. It's the light of day that shows me how. And when the night falls, my lonely heart calls. I wanna dance with somebody. I wanna feel the heat with somebody. Yeah, I wanna dance with somebody. With somebody who loves me. Out. Wow. Thank you, Bobby. Wow. Thank you, Bobby. Are we? I thought we were going to do the whole song. I was ready. I was in for we four can. minutes. The bridge is kind of amazing. What made you think we were going to do the whole song? How we were doing those uhs and oohs in the beginning? I mean, every single I mean, I was... Every single roll. Listen, we're going to get into this, I'm sure. But we have a special guest today. And he's a homosexual. <laughs> How did you know? And he's, he's the first homosexual that I knew, other than myself. And one of my first memories of you, homosexual, we'll get to your name soon, <laughs> was you singing, lip syncing that song on like a home movie, like on oh a VHS yeah. cassette. You put it in. Stop. You showed oh, you never it. Seen it? Oh, I didn't even yeah. know. No, that is literally oh, one of my first memories. To see that. Yeah. He, he was like, hey guys, let me show you this video I made. And he put it in. And he put it in and he hey showed guys. it to me and it's like two of my friends. Oh, yeah. My it is with you. And I was like, I was like, you can be that gay. It's okay. Like, it's okay to be that gay. Like, it was, a, like, I mean, I'm, I'm being funny, but, like, it was a really powerful moment for me to see you, like, singing Whitney Houston on a home movie. I was good. So you thank were, you. You were good. I you mean, were good. If you want to talk about, like, I, I didn't go this direction, but drag queening, like, ooh, your chai tea. I just spilled chai all over myself. It's all fine. over just the beautiful beard. Just keep going. Just keep going. No, I ha- we have a mutual friend, and we all, who is a very successful, Shh. internationally renowned drag queen. We do? Yeah. Who? You know who we're talking about. Tempest du Jour. Does anybody know oh, Tempest Oh, yeah, du yeah. Jour? Okay, okay, okay. And I'm not Tempest. This is not me coming for you if you're listening. But, like, <laughs> I just feel like we could have a limp sync off. With that song, and right. I and feel you'd like we know who'd win. you'd hold your own. We you'd know. hold your own. We know. Well, Tempest, if you're listening, send us a message. Hi, I'm Brother Jack Coffee. I'm Sister Lally Twin. Lally. <laughs> that's a, that's try that again. That's a play on instead of saying little twain, little twain, little day twain. Your sister, latter yeah. day twain. Um, yeah, and this is hot drinks. And I want to say also about this homosexual. Yes. That I just sang with. Yes. That he went to group conversion therapy with my ex-husband, Gary. I mean, we're going to get into all that fun stuff. He wants yeah. to dance uh, with somebody. Okay. Conversion therapy. <laughs> so my name, my name is Brother Jack Coffey. Uh, we already said that. I'm oh, we did. Okay. So this is a podcast <laughs> that we record. Yeah, on your on iPhone, iPhone 11, 11 Pro Max. Pro Max. Yeah. And it's and called it's Hot called Drinks. Hot Drinks. Why are we, are we saying, saying everything together? together? So, don't do it anymore. 
So what is hot drinks about, Sister Twain? Now I'm just mouthing everything. Okay. Um, we talk about Mormonism and being former Mormons, Exmos, former Mos, uh, recovering Mormons, whatever. Recomos. Yeah. The buzzword in the 80s and 90s was anti-Mormon. Anti-Mormon. Which meant we were worse than Hitler. We were writing some pamphlets. We were writing that anti-Mormon literature. <laughs> yeah. We were waiting in alleys and yes. we were like, hey, you Mormons. Hey, <laughs> hey, Mormon kid, come open over here. Open your mind. I got some open anti-Mormon literature for you. And yeah. we'd hand out pamphlets. Yeah, anyway, we didn't. But, um, uh, so we're FOMOs, we're RICOMOs, yeah. we're POSTMOs, we're all the Mos. And you and I, you and I used to be in Moms. Oh, yes. Mixed what's, orientation What's marriage? a mom? Mixed orientation marriage. Mm, okay. So we were married. <laughs> we you were married. You but say our, it like you didn't know it. You we were married, married, but our orientation was mixed. Yeah. It was all mixed up. <laughs> so so one person was straight. That oh. was you. Oh, right. And one person was gay. That was me. Except we weren't married to each other. <laughs> no, we weren't. Just to clarify. Just to clarify. Just got distinction. You were married to a separate gay man. Gary. 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 Husband, and I was Gary married was to a separate straight woman. Tisha. Tisha. <laughs> She'll be a guest soon. Who's straight? You've been saying she's going to be a guest for two years now. <laughs> two years. This podcast hasn't even been going on. <clears throat> so anyway, you know so yeah. we have a podcast. It's called Hot Drinks. Yeah, we we recorded on my iPhone 11 Pro Max. Oh my God, you already said that. You're so I, drunk. Okay. And so here's the thing. Um, we Our guest star tonight is the little brother, although he's not little. He's older than me even. Right. Apparently. Um, <laughs> he's all barely bitch. Um... Little sister of... Little brother. Little brother of, I mean, uh, great whore, the sister, the whore. Sister great, <laughs> sister whores upon the great waters. The, the whore who sits upon the great waters. Who was our last week's who episode. Was our, yeah. Oh, I think we're going to do it both in the Is this a part one, part two? This is a boom, boom. Okay, a boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> boom, boom. Let's go back to my room. Yeah. Like, oh. like the Black Eyed Peas says, this is a boom, boom, pow. Uh, boom, to, boom, to, yeah, exactly. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. So, um, this is Hot Drinks. It's a podcast. Oh, we were... stop! Oh, my God! I'm just right. kidding. What is, what is the name of the homosexual that we will be talking well, to? Well, first we have to do women's work. Do you have oh, any women's oh, works to yeah, share? Yeah, yeah. I might. Um, women's work is what we call housekeeping. Just some things we need to get out of the way. Some housekeeping we need to do. Oh, what's her face? Have you heard Maxwell's cover of that? Just stop singing for a minute. Okay, we gotta do <laughs> Let's see. Women's work. So one point of women's work I want to make is mm-hmm. um, you can join our Patreon. If you're listening right now and you thought, I should join that Patreon. And then you're going to message us like a week from now and be like, hey, what's your Patreon address again? Just stop right now and write this down. Just pause the podcast, write this down. Get a pen. Get out your notes app on Do your iPhone 11 Pro pen? Max. No. Yeah. Get out the notes app on your iPhone 11 Pro Max in midnight green and write <laughs> www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com mm-hmm. mm-hmm. slash hot drinks. Slash hot drinks. And you can support us financially, which is wonderful and we appreciate it so much. Yeah. But you also get special bonuses. Like, mm-hmm. we are going to release a demitasse of Sister Great Whores Upon the Great Waters talking about the secrets <laughs> that her Mormon sisters told her. Yeah. In um, the library. In the library. In the Mormon oh, library. Oh, library secrets. We also, you also get a newsletter called uh-huh. the Nauvoo Expos- Sexpositor. Sex yeah. You also get uh, vlogs. Yes. Where we do stuff. Doing performances. Where there are videos. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just like... Squeezing Sister Twain is really squeezing. I'm just our feeling up the homosexual, homosexual body. She's really <laughs> squeezing that homosexual body. 
Okay, so. Uh, my woman's work is Sister Abby Naughty. I visited her at her cabin. Mm-hmm. And she gave me a foot zoning. Oh, I'm so jealous I didn't stay for the foot zoning. It was amazing. Really? And it's why I'm dehydrated right now. But that's, that happens whenever you do any kind of healing work. Your body needs, right. uses right. more water. Right. Um, anyway, it was amazing. I think she probably spent an hour on each foot. And your right foot is the masculine part of you. And your left foot is the feminine part of you. Yeah. And then each part of the foot represents a different part of your body. And then we go into um, that. And when she got to my heart which was on my left foot. She couldn't find she couldn't find it. Like <gasps> the spot the spot on my left foot, my feminine foot that has uh that you're supposed to be able to find the heart. I I don't know what exactly she's trying to find or feel or look for, but she's like I cannot find your heart. Jesus so take she the starts, wheel. She takes one of her implements that she uses and she's like let's see if I can find some of the valves. And I was like fuck. <laughs> But anyway, wow. it was amazing, and I just liked having her touch me. Did she ever find your feet, your heart? She did. Okay, oh, good. good. Okay, good. Um, I mean, I think so. I don't know, but she... Listen, as the last bit of woman's work that okay. I want to leave, we just survived Mormon General we, LDS I, Conference. I, it went okay, I think. It went okay. I didn't listen to anything. Yeah. Apparently, Elder Oaks reminded everyone... Did he? He, re- he did. He reminded everyone that the gays... We should be nice to the gays, but we should not forget that they are not worthy of exaltation. Right. And they are, you know, second-class citizens. Right, right, right. So okay. he's like, the faggots are fine, but don't I get mean, too cozy with the faggots. As long as they're just repeating the old rhetoric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Who which, cares? Which I was like, great, Elder Oaks, you're going <laughs> to die. You're going to die sad and alone. So it's I, fine. I you can hate me all you and, want. And never having a man suck, suck his dicks. No. God, oh, God. We can't talk about that. <laughs> No one wants to talk about Elder Oaks's dick. No, I know, but I'm just saying he's probably closeted, right? Well, his dick is probably like a withered old twig on a on a willow tree. <laughs> it's with anyway. Latter day twig. Latter day twig. Okay, we're gonna take a break. <laughs> take a you break. You guys, even though right now we Sister Twenty is drinking coffee and I'm drinking chai tea, we're a little tipsy. Yeah. Well, I mean, think? I well, I mean, Sister Whore or Whore who sits upon the great waters asked me after spending some time with me for the first time well the second time if i do crystal meth because she doesn't understand my energy (laughs) because you both have four children how do you do it oh listen y'all listen y'all listen i just love how your new thing is listen but then you don't have anything to say after that i just want you to listen homosexual yeah before we take a break tell the gentle listeners what you will be known as heretofore i feel like the thing that i'm going to go with is elder Heinrich B. Insum. And we can come back to that and talk about Let's the various resonances that name pseudonym has. I can't wait. Heinrich B. Insum. Let's take a really good interlude. Something sad. Y'all, we're back. Numero trois. <laughs> Something like that. Not really, but uh, anyway. So, your name. Will you give it to me through the veil? No, you already gave us your name. <laughs> what is wanted? What is your... Explain the name choice. Well... <laughs> say, it, say your name one more time. Elder Heinrich B. Insum. Okay, so I'm going to call you Elder Insum. Okay, I Great. like that. Elder Great. Insum. So... If anyone of our your gentle listeners mm-hmm. are students of world drama, mm-hmm. 
which I know Sister Twain knew kind of are. Yes. Right. There was a Norwegian playwright, uh, late mid to late 19th century, who is often called the father of realism, mm-hmm. named Heinrich Ibsen. Mm-hmm. And if you are, some of your gentle listeners are also familiar with the Mormonism of the past 20 years. There used to be, it, I don't believe he's with us any longer. It was a number of the 12 named Elder Henry B. Iron. Oh, I think still, he's with us. Yeah, yeah, he's still, alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually kind of always liked <laughs> we him We haven't a killed bit, him yet. Maybe. Oh, he's such a crybaby. But he was a crybaby, and I just feel <laughs> like... What a fucking pussy. Yeah, I just feel like like kind of like doing a, a mashup of... Heinrich B. Ibsen and Henry B. Eyring for me because in another lifetime, in another world, in another dimension, I maybe make theater. And Oh, I love it. Yeah, and so I just kind of thought the other you're one was a playwright, being, you're a crybaby. And I and I thought a, maybe I'm a pomo. You're a pomo. I thought the other name I was gonna because this is actually really more of my like style would be like Ain't Ten Jack Offen. For, <laughs> like uh, Anton Chekhov, uh, who I love. It's probably more my style anyway. I'm not, I love the Ibsen. I love me some. I love me some Duck. I love me some Nora mm. running right, out. I love right. me some of all of that shit. Yeah, like yeah, dolls yeah. and houses and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> all of our. I'm really posts, more about orchards and seagulls and all uncles. of our postmodern. Oh, oh, give me the orchards and the seagulls and the sisters in Moscow. All yeah. of like our postmodern theater gentle listeners oh. are just like creaming their pants. And right the rest now. of them are like, "What the fuck yeah, are we they're, talking they're, they're about?" Bo- this is this is more boring than our drinks episode. Yeah, it is. So, that's me. But so wait. elder in some, okay. okay elder but, in some. So does in some also denote like, like does, I'm in some. You, you, I'm in some. You know what I'm talking about. All the about. holes you've been in. Correct. Yeah. And all you've the been holes. in some. And some I have been in some. And some have been, been in, in some. And, and then, some have been in me some. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. We love holes. We, so holes are okay. We were trying to take your temperature. Temperatura. Um, in your hole. In one of your holes. <laughs> We are, we are getting holes. in some holes. Um, on on where we wanted to go with with your topic tonight, because and, it's pretty. Yeah. And you uh, uh, said something about okay, so I flew out of New York on Friday morning, and then what you said after that to me was like a great like thesis statement of what you want to talk about. So do you do you remember? Can you regurgitate yeah, sure. that? So my flight out of the JFK mm-hmm. was at. Uh, name dropper. Name dropper. John F. Kennedy. <laughs> Rosemary Kennedy's oh, older brother. See it? See the see Circles, the circles. Um, <laughs> my flight out of JFK was at 6.55 and on Friday morning and at 7 p.m. on Thursday evening, I had my session with my therapist. <laughs> and I was, was your therapist named Gary? <laughs> is he Gary? I mean, will we get confusing if everybody's named Gary? My therapist, Gary? Have you not listened to the podcast? <laughs> no, I know. Everybody's named Gary. Every man is named Gary. Yeah. Okay, Gary, but like, would you, I feel like I, you might end up in love with Gary. I mean, probably. Brother Coffee. Yeah, probably. He is, he is an attractive, lovely man. I love an attractive therapist named Gary. (laughs) I mean. I love an attractive, unavailable man. My, my number one fan. Therapist, yeah. Which is why you like straight men. Anyway, one of the things we discussed was how I had tremendous anxiety because I've been going through something pretty particularly over the last like year or six months, specifically in relationship to my family, just feeling incredible amounts of rage and anger. And that I kind of made this choice to, for the first time, I'll be, I just turned 44, I'll be 45 this coming year. 
Uh, this is the first time I've come and visited Utah since leaving Utah 20, 16 years ago, where I will not did not stay at my fam, parents' home, but right. I got an Airbnb. Right. And I mean, there are lots of reasons I had anxiety about coming to be spend some time here, uh, but that that was specifically something that I felt like really guilty about, and so um, and just had and so he you know we had some. Uh, therapizing around that so idea. Just to give a little bit of context. <laughs> yeah, I don't context. know. Context. This is the best. You thing. were a, you grew up, well, you grew up in uh, the northernmost state, state of the of lower, lower 48. 48. <laughs> but you moved to Utah when? How old were you? Uh, I was 15. Well, it was the summer I turned 15. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and you quickly discovered upon moving to Utah, or when, I don't know when you discovered it, but that you had, you suffered from what we call the same sex attraction. SSA. The if you SSA. Will. <laughs> You were a boy and you liked the boys. I liked the boys. I, I knew that when I, definitely when I was living in the, the mo- northernmost state of the lower 40. Okay, for okay. sure. But yeah. when you came to Utah, you were, <laughs> well, you had the SSA. Similar to Sister Great Waters, the whore on the Great Waters. Like, I mean, she was much older than me. And so I think her experience in many ways was, I mean, in a different way, like, uh, yeah. um, extraordinarily, like, dynamic. But for me... I think I was I was at that point when I was really my sexual identity, my humanity, if you will, was really coming into starker focus, and that that kind of synced up with also like a clear understanding and a a deeper cultural experiential understanding of Mormonism. Okay, in a different way, sure. Okay, yeah. so and then you so as a young man, you told your parents you had SSA at sixteen. I told my dad, and you were. Put into reparative therapy. That's correct. Right. At the social right. services of the LDS. Right. And that's when we met. <laughs> you and I met right about that time. Right that about correct. that time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, brother uh, Brother Insum was Elder Insum. Elder Insum. Thank was you. the first gay person that I knew mm. other than myself because mm-hmm. I was gay, you guys. You were the only one until then. No, but I didn't, I didn't see myself as gay. So like meeting him was like, oh, a gay person. A gay person. Because I didn't see myself as a gay person. Oh. Like I at that point in my life I wasn't identifying in any way. Interesting, like somewhat tangential point to be made. Uh, I don't think I use the word gay. I mean I definitely I think I was already adapting. I I think when I first talked about it, I was like I had a problem that I needed to overcome. Jesus. And I told my dad that when I was 16 that I have a problem I need to overcome. Oh. And I I think maybe I'd heard the term SSA, but very quickly because I then was my, you know, my parents made the decision that I should go to LDS social services and work with a therapist there. Then I became very acquainted with the term SSA and right. the idea of male reparative therapy for male sexuality. But I began to refer to myself as SSA or I struggle with same sex attraction. Yeah. So the- SSA is same sex attraction. And that is kind of the preferred term. I mean, even to this day, Mormons don't like to use the word gay. Guy. They, they're... No. Or lesbian or whatever. They'll use LGBT, like, Dallin H. Oaks and, 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 you know, Russell Nelson have begun using that. You know why? Because they actually are beginning to get some sort of sense of how the internet works. Yeah. And they they know that 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 is probably an important... You know, from a PC point of view, we better use that term. But I even remember, even when I came out, which was only what, like four or five years ago to my parents, I remember my mom saying, well, I don't like that word gay. I don't like... Wow! I don't like... You know what I mean? Wow! Because she preferred that term same-sex attracted because that 
that implies that it's some sort of affliction yeah, or some sort of disease, we struggle some with. disease that I'm struggling with. Which is more palatable. Right, right. It's like if I had cancer. It's like saying yep, my yep. son has cancer. My son has same-sex attraction. Yeah. So. Yep, it's okay. a burden for your parents. To anyway, up. so that is about when I met you was when you had your same-sex attraction. Uh-huh. Um, when, you- <laughs> when you had When I first it. caught it, when I first done when you first the, caught the it. blasted thing. Um, and then, and, and just as a side note, like I... Meeting you was a very formative experience in my life. I think I've told you this before. Yeah, yeah. That like, just like tell me again. T- I'll tell you again. <laughs> but like, I was super Mormon and super in the closet. But I also really liked you and really thought you were like a great person. And it was and That's I sweet. and there was part of me that was sweet. like, but if he, but if like, but if he's gay and he's okay, he like he's a good person. Like I knew you weren't like evil or some like wicked tool of the I'm devil. Glad you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> But like, but really it was like, it was a powerful thing for me because I was like, oh, but I know brother in some and he's, he's a good person. And so if the church thinks that gay people are bad people, but brother in some is a gay people, like how can gay people be bad people? Like it, like that was the first, that was probably the first kind of crack in my cognitive dissonance about like Mormonism and homosexuality. And obviously like. I was also a homosexual, but like at the time was not at all prepared to like address it or deal with it or whatever. So, okay. Did you have something to say, Sister Twain? No. Okay. So, (laughs) so you had your same sex attraction, you did all that. And then at about 25 was when you were like, fuck all this. I'm just, I'm a Wait, well, I mean, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't come out and live as a gay person. No, not then. Did you? I mean, I think what was fa- here's here's fun fact about me and anybody who knows me, Elder Henrik B. Insum, <laughs> um, knows that Elder Insum cannot shut up. No, like I don't have the capacity to like not share. Right. I don't know anyone like that. We're this is going to be a tough episode. <laughs> we got to rein it in. I and I almost just think it was inevitable that I would tell. My dad, who, you know, my dad, here's the thing. Like, I have, we should start out by saying this. Like, I have a lot of anger and rage that I'm kind of just in my 44th year of life. I'm just (laughs) kind of finally discovering. Jesus. 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 But the truth is, is that my family, my parents, and some of my siblings and have kind of become avatars of that rage. I don't know if I'm using that word right, but, or like, um icons of it like manifestations manifestations or or the or like you know like the tool via which i access it which is quite you know i have to be honest unfair in some ways because my parents and my siblings are really wonderful people right and they're really they've they've been i think in many ways exceptionally loving and accepting from day one and that is why i think it, it was inevitable that my dad would be the second person after my very close friend, Gary, that I told, you know, that who knew about the fact that I was struggling with this. Because A, two things. I can't shut up. Mm-hmm. I've always been the most <clears throat> probably expressive, loquacious person you know. Mm-hmm. And my dad, in many ways, has been the person who has nurtured that and has oh. validated that the most, you know. Wow. Um, and that's – I think that's significant. It's important to say that, you know. And so – for me, um, I told I was I. I think we talked a little bit when you were talking with Sister Great Waters. We were talking about 
the spirit and feeling the spirit telling you that you needed to leave, get the fuck out of the church. Oh, just the experience of feeling the spirit is something that I've had my whole life for as long as I can remember. And, um, just like really fast forward and maybe we'll get back to it. Maybe we won't. (laughs) But when I did have, when I had a disciplinary council and was in a beautiful court of love, Reprimanded, and my my priesthood was made inactive, embraced by the embraced by the court of love, the light of Christ. That that I would no longer like have the gift of the Holy Ghost. I kind of kept waiting to lose that spirit. But strange thing is, I never lost it. I would still feel those things, and I was like, "What's up with that? I'm not I'm not worthy to feel this." And then that kind of started. Was thinking was like, "Wait a second. Oh, human beings just feel that. Yeah. You <laughs> yes. know, that's what it means to be human, to yes. have that. And so I guess what I'm saying is I felt that all the time. And so I was, but for me, being raised in a very Mormon environment, or that was the language I learned to associate with that feeling, I was so devout. I was so into Jesus. I was so into right. the church. Mm-hmm. So it just made sense to me that I've got this problem, and the only way I'm going to fix it is with Jesus. Right. You know? And <laughs> I'm, you I'm, need to probably direct a little bit. I'm into Jesus, too, but, like, kind of sexually. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> I, I wear right? Jesus. I wear Jesus around my neck. But I guess the thing is, like, I'm really apparently into avatars and icons right now. I really believe that there are things, there are ideas, myths, images – Concepts that are great ways of focusing energy, accessing oh, spirituality. But you're it doesn't speaking mean, my language. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're true. Like because I wear a, a Russian Orthodox Jesus around my neck <laughs> as opposed to Mormon football player Jesus or, <laughs> or fun in the sun Jesus. Like it's just because Jesus – I don't necessarily think that Jesus is the son of God or the savior of the world. But like the idea, like the, 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 the iconography, the mythology, the narrative around Jesus, to me there's some very problematic things about it. But there's also some really cool things about it. And I'm, if I want to use Jesus as a, as a meditation tool, as a way of accessing something transcend, trans, uh, transcendent, like, fuck off. I'm going to use what I want. Use him. Use him. When I, when I said I was into Jesus, to be clear, I just meant like I was into like a hot, kind of hairy Arabic guy with long hair who sure. wanted to forgive me. Who smells like essential oils. Who smells like cedar and sandalwood. Like is, he just wanted to forgive me. My like this, our gen, your gentle listeners are like even following a narrative at all it's no, fine no, no. let's take let's, a little break uh, it doesn't matter i mean we're just having fun right no. no right and then i want to and then i want to bring it back to okay so but before you came out at 25 you served a mission i did i served a mission in the great land that straddles two continents <laughs> it's called russia <laughs> oh we, we can use that yeah it's fine we don't need to protect Russia. Oh, They'll be okay. Elder um, Tian come all over my face served there too. I yeah, know, crazy. Oh, 12, 12 to 15 years after me. Wait, but, right, because oh. he's a tiny young baby. He's a, he's young, a baby. So young let's young take baby a baby in a manger. Yeah, let's okay. take a baby. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll talk about babies in mangers coming on our faces uh-huh. and hairy and, Arabic and Jesus. And coming out at 25. Okay. <laughs> you guys were back. How did uh, what? <laughs> so, so brother in in some income in some in some. So elder in some. You before you came to Utah, you met with your therapist. They were you were talking about kind of the trauma of coming here and not staying with your parents and what all that means. Blah blah blah. But one of the other things that you talked about with your therapist was the fact that you suffer from PTSD, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh. Several therapists previous to this one, who I've only been seeing him for like a month and a half now, have said, you probably, I think you, you're exhibiting 
symptoms of PTSD and you probably need to have some more specific therapies, therapeutic, you know, stuff around that. So that's one of the things that uh, my current therapist, you know, I've been trying to focus on. And um, like Sister... Great Waters. Yeah, Great Waters. Um, he, my current therapist is like, well, one of the things I'm struggling with is how do we um, address like moments of trauma right versus like basically like a whole life of trauma right which i know sounds so dramatic and poor me <laughs> but i think what he's just trying to say is like there's 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 ptsd that probably and i'm i'm very ignorant like i'm not in any way shape or form an expert or have any specific knowledge around uh the disorder or anything but like i think there's the idea that there are like moments of like s- profound trauma you know like you're <clears throat> in a very um, traumatic, dangerous situation, like in a war or like a sexual assault or something like that, where you can actually almost say this was a moment of trauma mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. versus like when you are like a, what's the word? I don't know, like a marginalized person or like whatever, like yeah, right. your yeah. whole life on some level. Like yes. right. when you live in a world of systemic marginalization, it's almost like just pick a moment from yeah. birth right. till now You're- that... You're going through your day to day with this mindset that you're broken or a mistake yeah, or yeah. right in a society that is inherently homophobic and I guess on some level misogynistic. So I feel like, hey, women, yeah, like get on board. Your whole life is trauma too. You know? <laughs> like I don't know. It's just interesting. So like, so one of the things that we've been talking about, he's just like, let's go through almost on a chronological level. What are moments that stand out for you? And um, although there are many. In relationship to this podcast, I wonder if it might be useful to talk about some things that are very specific to Mormonism. For example, the time that I was kicked out of BYU. Oh, there we are. There Let's it is. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Or in my sweet court of love. Oh, court of love. That removes and, my oh, membership. And, and also how you uh, almost married a woman. And yeah. Was, was that the, Was your kick being kicked out of BYU and your court of love, were those the same experience or were those two different Oh, no. They were two separate experiences. I believe that being kicked out of BYU preceded the court of love okay so tell us about being kicked out of byu (sighs) and give us all the dirty details okay so was this pre or post mission this is post mission okay for sure so as has previously been established even though i was struggling with the ssa i think i was extraordinarily devout but we should say that one of the things that I think was occurring in the mid to late nineties was the church was kind of like figuring out a new way of engaging with the phenomenon of homosexuality. And it's, and it's a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon. <laughs> it's a fucking phenomenon. It's, it's a phenomenon. 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 <laughs> um, and they were, they kind of were, um, what did Hillary Clinton do during the debates? She pivoted. They were pivoting. <laughs> they were pivoting. <laughs> They were pivoting. They were pivoting from s- sinful, going to outer darkness, to it's a affliction, and separating thoughts and feelings from actions. And you could have SSA and still right. be a 
good active member right, of the right, church. Right. As and long so as you didn't act yeah. upon it. Right. And so I think I was like, I'm owning that shit because what do we know about Elder Insum is that he can't shut up and he has right. to share. He's an overshare. Right, right. 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 So I was just always oversharing, not with everybody, but very judiciously, of course, because 16, 17, 18 year olds are very judicious in who they share things right. with. Right. I was telling I was telling people about my SSA. Right. And including certain companions on my mission, you know. So like I was like Open about my essay. Did you have cute companions on your oh, mission? Oh, God. We, can, we could ha- do a whole podcast. Let's just do a two-minute segment on, did you have hot companions? Oh, God. Really? I had one that, like, was my, I really do think about it as, like, my first love. Not because it was reciprocated, but, like, oh, you know, Les Miserables and Eponine? Unrequited love. <laughs> like, I am Eponine. That was you. That was you. This this companion because he loved me back in his way like right 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 but like football player yeah. the straightest most right. football player but he would like maybe iron. he's maybe he's a pediatric oncologist right now oh, and God. the most amazing like guy right. with kids but like when like, you were companions he would like iron your shirts while you well he was just the sweetest like, like football yeah, player like, jock that I always wanted but it was like you were in a marriage oh it was God. Like you were yes married. I was married to him yeah and he like was taking like, care of me and he would cook you breakfast while you and he was the nicest sweetest guy and then he asked not to be my companion a second time after transfers because he knew that because I that told him I shared with him. Oh, pain. You know what? I the, the deepest pain. That was like that was my first experience with true Aww. like unrequited love. I I feel like I've said this oh, on this so podcast painful, before, actually, but I used to I used to pray and thank God that I was that all my companions were ugly. <laughs> Sorry, companions of mine. <laughs> I would I was so like I really felt like it was like a tender mercy that I was not lucky you attracted. Oh, I mean, there were God. definitely there were definitely elders in my mission that I was super attracted oh, to, hell. but I was never companions with any of them. And I felt like I was like, okay, this is God looking out for me. Like He's just giving me the ugly. Companions. God was not so nice no, to me. No, no, I had I had God like gave you a hot that, football player. Companion. I had like three that I was really like really yeah. deeply attracted anyway. to. And this one, like, we, here's the thing: like he and I actually had like um a. Nothing sexual at all, but like he and I had like a like like bromance kind oh, of. Oh no, yeah, it's for, for sure. sure. And for it was sure. you know like he was just oh, yeah. cool, and it just was painful. If anyway. you haven't been on a Mormon mission as a man, yeah. it's a very homoerotic experience. Duh. Even if you're a straight, it's guy, homosocial. It's homosocial. For like sure. you spend all your time with this other guy, and you you went, go to bed together, and you wake up together, you pray and together, you, you pray together, you and like pay, you, you take keep track of how long he's in the bathroom, and you walk around in your underwear together. Like there yeah. is something very like. Yep. homoerotic about And then when you go with Mormon the sisters, mission. you have to be accompanied by, you yeah. know. <laughs> so I'm not saying, I mean, even if nothing, even if you're the straightest <laughs> straight boy of all straight dumb, and if nothing ever happens, missions are still homoerotic. Yeah. Homosocial. So, so back anyway, to you I'm sorry, I don't know where we But you know what's ironic about this is that I, like, am a playwright, and so in theory I tell stories. This is not, this is the worst structure in the world. This podcast, <laughs> but that is actually probably why this I'm episode? like why I'm not famous as Brother Coffee announced to the world that I'm not a celebrity. Oh, no, he's not a celebrity. No, he's not a celebrity. He's not a celebrity. He's just a regular old. He's, Fuck you. He's just a regular old homo playwright. He's such a cunt, Lee. Cuntaroo. <laughs> so my tri bike is a quintaro. So you. <laughs> Uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about. I, who knows? We were talking Kicking about, like, all of a sudden we started talking about hot companions. Kids, I know. I'm getting sorry, kicked out of BYU. Yeah. How did that happen? Okay, I came back from my mission. Oh, wait. And... Let me say it like you. BYU. BYU. No, no. You say it like a Minnesotan. Oh, from Minnesotan. Yeah. BYU. <laughs> I was kicked out of BYU. Okay, so I came home from my mission, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. Um, so cute. 
I started teaching. I wasn't teaching, but I was directing some shows at uh, a local high school that I graduated from. And uh, I met some younger. No, I met some. No, it was the in the town. It's fine. Just keep going. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We went to different high schools. So here's the thing. It was the same high school that I graduated from. Right. And so I I began to associate with some (laughs) slightly younger theater people. Right. And one of those younger people who we will call... Gary. Gary. (laughs) uh, We did... I did some shows with Gary. And Gary's family um, were a prominent uh, family in this town's theater scene. And incidentally, his father was the seminary president at this high school. Okay. And Gary uh, received... And so when I was at BYU, Gary was a freshman at BYU. And he had just received his mission call. And Gary... Gary got his mission call to another city in Russia. And we were at the Cougar Eat one day. Oh, the Cougar Eat. Getting some Navajo tacos. And so now let's just just recap really quickly. Gary is like, let's say if I graduated from this high school in, let's just, in 1994. Let's say Gary probably graduated in 1999, maybe. Okay, okay, okay. 98. Mm -hmm. And uh, so four years behind me. We had a mutual friend who we'll call... Barry. Barry. <laughs> Barry, who, like, everybody knew was gay in high school. Right. And Barry was, like, a year or two younger than me. Mm. And so Barry and Gary were, like, besties, unbeknownst uh-huh. to me, because I graduated and went on my mission. So I have come home from my mission in Russia. Gary, who is younger than me by four years, is a freshman at BYU. I'm, like, probably, like, a sophomore. And... Barry has just come home from his mission. Incidentally, he served in the same mission as Sister on the Great Waters. Oh. It's fascinating. Oh, all these questions are great. Yeah. But Barry had come home from his mission, was at BYU, but like that did not stop Barry. Barry had just thrown off the shackles of heterosexual <laughs> performance and said, I like am a homo. He was like, everybody, the word on the street was that, that Barry was just like out. Hmm. And so Gary, who had been very close to Barry, Gary in the, in the cougar eat one day said, Elder Insom. That's you. Why can't Barry go through the temple with me? I said, Gary. <laughs> because, it's because Barry been sucking some dicks. Yeah, because Barry is, he's gay. And then Gary was <laughs> Shocked. Poor Gary. Sweet, oh. sweet Gary's oh. face. Just like his countenance <laughs> collapsed. He no longer had the light of Christ. And I was like, Gary, it's okay. Lots of people struggle with the SSA. With the SSA. And I said, for example, I do. And I could see that Gary was processing this. And this was like in, say, in March. And I didn't think much of it. Went about my life. And life went on. And I finished the semester at the BYU. And then... <laughs> and then in May of this year, probably, we're going to make this narrative even more complicated, but richer. Remember, complex equals more rich and resonant. Oh, thank right. you. Okay. I, I was working at a little sandwich smoothie shop in which Sister Twain's ex-husband, Gary, <laughs> Christ almighty, this is so complicated, was my manager. Right, right. And around the corner at the smoothie shop was a clothing store managed by a beautiful, young, out and gregarious and unapologetic gay man who we shall call... Larry. Larry. (laughs) 
And Larry would come into the sandwich smoothie shop, which Sister Twain's ex-husband Gary managed, and flirt unabashedly, and we would hang out. And finally, in flirt May... Flirt with you, not my gay ex-husband. He probably did, too. Probably. But he was really into me, and it was yeah. very validating, but it was also so dangerous. Because oh. <laughs> of the Mormon Gestapo. And so, is, is validating... It, but dangerous. <laughs> Write that on a shirt, Becky. But Larry, is it Larry? Larry is the one that flirts with you that's the validating Beautiful, tall, curly-haired, unapologetic, <laughs> openly gay. Larry would come into this sandwich, smoothie sandwich shop, and we would hang out sometimes. And finally, in May or June of that year, Larry and I finally, with beautiful kisses and caresses, I had my first, like, real, like, male, male love. Mind you, garments did not... Uh, Larry was not a garment-wearing person, but garments right. did not come off. Right. Maybe the shirt came off. Maybe. Maybe. But, but Larry was like, Larry was in complete control and was like, I don't, you know, I don't think you're ready to go here. So there was very, there, I mean, like, the truth of the it matter was pretty is. pretty chaste. Pretty chaste. It was PG. I mean, PG, was, maybe was PG I tumescent under my garments? Jesus <laughs> Lord. Yes. But Larry. Tumescent. <laughs> Sister Twain. Tumescent. <laughs> Thank you, Tony Kushner for teaching me that word. Yeah. Um, so uh, I immediately, like the faithful SSA struggling saint that I was, went to my bishop and said, Bishop, this is what happened. And he was like, it's okay, uh, elder. I made it with Larry. Er, elder, I, in, in some, some yeah. we're going to work through this. We're going to work on the repentance process. It's going to be okay. So let's yeah. take a break because this is not going anywhere. Let's just take a break. No, it is going. It's, it's going. going. I'm Lots doing my. Places. I'm doing my best. Yeah, he's doing great. You're 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 taking your shirt off for Larry. I he, went to my bishop. He bishop maybe sucked on your nipples. Bishop a little said bit. it's going to be okay. Let's work on this together. And I said, what about in the fall at BYU? And he goes, let's work through the summer. And when the fall rolls around, we'll talk about your ecclesiastical did, endorsement. Did Larry suck on your nipples when your shirt was off? I have no idea. Okay. He definitely sucked on my lips. Oh, okay. And he definitely ran his hand over my tumescent member and said, let's not go there. <laughs> he was like, let's not go there. And I was like, fair, 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 fair enough. Fair. Let's take a break. Tumescent hey. members. You guys, we're back. All right. And so you were doing some sweet, tender kissing. With Larry. With Larry. You who had your garments on, they didn't come off. Uh-uh. Your shirt came off. And then... If I remember correctly. And then your bishop said, let's see where we are in the fall. Because you were worried about your BYU yeah. status. Correct. So for our Nevermos, yeah. if you attend BYU, which is a university that the church owns that is a that is a pretty like prestigious university like it's a really good education it doesn't you know it's, it's the laughing stock of academia let's I just mean, a this. it's fair it's fair but as a mormon it's like the pinnacle and especially for mormon kids who grow up like outside of utah it's like you have got to go to byu because be you've got to be around like other Mormons. all these mormon kids okay so but let's just like it's like laughing stock like it is a accredited and respectable institution of higher learning like it's sure. not like jerry falwell university sure. no, yeah. but in but, order to attend yeah. any student there regardless of your religion has to have what's called an ecclesiastical endorsement which means that some sort of ecclesiastical leader typically like a mormon bishop has to sign off that like you're living the laws and the rules of the mormon church every semester yeah every semester. so yeah. even if you're not a mormon you have to live by the rules of mormonism like you can't drink Unless coffee you're a football player that's been recruited and right, they'll right, kind right, of just right. look <laughs> But like even what? but like what? even if you're like a professor, you're not supposed to drink coffee like in your own home. You have to agree to not 
drink coffee, even if you're no, not a Mormon and have never been a Mormon. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Here comes the rageful feelings. Right, right. Right oh, here in the solar plexus just beginning bubbling to right gather. Up. All right, so you and Larry, and then we get to the fall. And what happens in the fall? Well, actually, we don't get to the fall because this is in June. Because, like, literally the day after my... my l- uh, a caressful, my caressful encounter with Larry. Like I went to my bishop because that's how like you're programmed. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, What were you, was Larry your sort of, you said it was kind of your first male romantic encounter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like, here's the thing, Larry's beautiful and he was beautiful and I was for sure attracted to Larry, but I don't know that like Larry was like, I, I was, fr- I mean, I liked Larry and I continue to like Larry, but um, I, w- I don't know that I was like in, in love with Larry. But what did you... Like I wasn't in love with Larry in the way that I was in love with that companion. Do you know what I'm okay. saying? But what did it you was... feel coming out of that encounter? Did you feel like exhilarated or did you feel like shame or did you feel... Is it possible to say both? Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but so that... you were like, this was amazing. Also, I'm a piece of shit. Exactly. So it's I went to my bishop. So go to the yeah. bishop. Yeah, right. yeah. And bishop... Uh, cherry. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Just whatever. Yeah. No, he was like, I'd been working with him because I I can't shut the fuck up. Like all my bishops knew about my SSA and I was in reparative therapy for like five years. And so they were, this bishop was particularly like kind and nurturing and loving and was like, it's going to be okay. Elder being some, we're going to figure it out. And, (laughs) and so, so I'm just living my life, going to church, meeting with him and, um, Around July, I get a call from the BYU Honor Code. Oh, office. Could you come in? Let's just say his name. Yeah. Bish Elder Baker, or B- Brother Baker, the head of the, the, who was the head of the Honor Code office, was like, would like to have a meeting with you. And I'm like, okay. So I went in. Upon and I the did, appointed day, would you like to say something about the coffee? I just want to say, again, for people who don't understand, like, the culture of BYU, like, the honor code office is a weird. It's kind of like this weird Gestapo, like if, like for real. Yeah, like it's if like they, the ethics office meets the Gestapo. They have they have complete power and authority over you to do whatever they want. They can expel you from the university. Mm-hmm. They have that. They have that authority. And if the honor code office calls you in, like it's like being called in front of the Gestapo. Like you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's reported you. You don't know because oh, they're, because they're not required. Yeah, I mean, it's just, they like don't, it doesn't, yeah, you, when you sign that honor code, you sign away any, idea. like you are raised in the United States of America. Even if you are a Mormon in the United States of America, you were raised with this idea of like some sort of like transparency and justice and that you right, have certain, and like judicial and, process and you have and, in, yeah. inalienable rights, but no, not, not if you sign code, them no. away at a private, institution right right who cares whether it's accredited you know like anyway so so i go upon on the appointed day an hour right right i arrive at the honor code office i go in and i sit down across the desk from brother baker (laughs) and he says thank you elder Insom, for coming in (laughs) and he says i'm just gonna get right to the point do you struggle with same-sex attraction and i said why yes yes i do brother baker and he said oh and i could tell he was a bit taken aback that i was like so you were forthcoming. Just, you, just sat, you just jumped right in and i was this. like and i knew right away that he was taken aback and i don't know if this is this is like i'm taking control of the narrative wow so i don't like who how dare you take control of your own narrative but i feel like kind of that's what i'm doing but i'm gonna do it like 
the way I remember it is Brother Baker was like taken aback. And I will, at, when we get, to, when we finally arrive toward the end of this story, if we stay there, I will tell you why I feel justified in saying he was taken aback. But, and then he asked, have you recently had any same-sex encounters? And I said, why, yes, Brother Baker, have yes, Have you recently have. done any over-the-garment rubbing with a boy named Larry? Oh, no. Oh, okay. But he asked, have you had any same-sex right, 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 encounters? Right. But that's what he was getting to. Oh, no, no, he wasn't. Oh, he let's, wasn't? Let's be careful here. Oh, okay. Because oh. This, this narrative has some very interesting... I believe we maybe have forgotten about Gary. Which we, one's Gary? So this is why it's important. Gary, Barry, and Larry. Okay. So we have to keep so Gary... Larry, Larry's who you had the same-sex encounter with. Who's Barry? The gentle listeners and Brother Coffee and Sister I don't Twain. remember. Who's Barry? Barry... Is the young man who came from home from oh, his mission, right. which who he served you... with great horror upon the waters. Right. And Barry came home, going and to BYU, you, yes. and was like, I'm gay, kicking my toes up through the rainbow clouds, like, yeah. but was still at BYU. Uh-huh. And Gary was the young man who had just received his mission call, who had lunch with me in the Cougar Eat and said, Nate, uh, I mean, Elder right. Insum, why can't... Barry go through the temple with me. Okay, okay. And I said, because Barry be gay. So Gary has not gone on his mission yet. Barry just got home from his mission yet. And Larry... Yes. Larry was so never... I mean, he was raised Mormon, but Larry was like, fuck that shit. I am and, gay. And Barry had rubbed your penis over the Larry. Garments. Yes. Barry. Oh, Larry? no. Jesus. Oh, okay. Keep it the fucking straight <laughs> coffee. Okay. There's Gary, there's Barry, Gary and there's younger. Larry. Larry, yes. And Barry. Gary okay. is sweet, sweet, wide-eyed, gentle face going on his mission. Right. Barry. <laughs> Barry came home from his mission and he was kicking, kicking his kicking gay through toes clouds. through the rainbow clouds. Okay. And Larry, Larry is, rubbed rubbed your tumescent member through your and Larry was all, over the top. Larry was like in ninth grade and was like, "I like gay things, mom. That Mormon shit is not for me." Okay. Okay. And so Larry so, so and I. So I get called into the honor code office With in July. Brother Baker. In July, and he asked Brother Baker says, "Have you recently had a same-sex attraction?" And you said, "Why yes?" And I said, "Why yes, of course." And he's like, "Why didn't you come to us?" And I was like, "Because it class isn't in session." And I went to my bishop the next Why day. Why didn't you come to us? Why didn't you come to us? Yes. The weird Mormon Gestapo. To like, report shouldn't you have come to report your own sins to us, even though? Even you though talk, I had reported my you own sins to your my bishop. ecclesiastical yeah. leader, yeah, and yeah. and you weren't. At, the, at that moment, attending classes. Yeah. But but somehow, you still were supposed to report to this weird Mormon Gestapo. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Power, y'all. Power. And... Wielding power. White, straight men. Are you wielding power by any chance? <laughs> are you using... Anyway, are you traumatized yourselves? Ah. Why, yes. Yes, you are. Ah. Ah. Are you revisiting that trauma upon everybody else? Is it a cycle? Why, yes, it is. Dear, it's a cycle. Maybe dear God, what's happening? So angry at each other and angry at the system. Maybe we should dismantle the system. How do we untangle the individuals from the system? God, I don't know. Why am I so rageful? That's why. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brother Baker. Brother Baker, probably a PTSD survivor himself. Right. Oh, I can't do it anymore! Anyway, Brother Baker says, have you recently had a same-sex experience? I said, why, yes, Brother Baker, yes, I have. And then he says, why didn't you come to us? I said, well, I went to my bishop. Do you know that you're supposed to come to us first? Why, yes, Brother Baker. Oh, I don't know. Is that really the case? And he's like, well, let me ask you. Was your same-sex attraction experience with a person named Barry? Oh! And I was like... Which one's Barry? Oh, God! No, no, no. If you can't keep 
down straight, we can't no. do this narrative. Barry is the one who came home from his mission, kicking, kicking through the kicking rainbow through the clouds. clouds. Okay, well, okay. Gary asked me, why can't Barry go to the temple with right, me? Right, right, yeah. Like, Larry is going to have nothing to do with the story. Okay, more. okay, so I we're mean, he's leaving going Larry to be, behind. Just, like, know that Larry happened, Larry's beautiful. But he's done. He's done. Right. I mean, like, what are, he, like, he's not, he's, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. So, go. Barry... So Barry, so he goes, was it with a person named Barry? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and, and, and brother, brother Baker's like, are you sure? And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. And he's like, do you know Barry? And I'm like, yeah, I went to high school with Barry. And he's like, do you, what do you know about Barry? And I was like, <gasps> I was like, I mean, I think I know that. Gestapo. <laughs> are you, yes. I mean, I, I'm like, I'm like, uh. I mean, I haven't seen Barry in years, but I know that Barry is pretty, like, open about his sexuality. And he's like, well, we've had information that you, Barry, and you have had sexual relations. I'm like, from who? And, I, and he's like, and this is how, like, clueless I was because, remember, conversation with Gary yeah. happened way back in March. Uh-huh. And I wasn't even connecting the dots. And I was like, huh? And he's like, and I was like, who? And he's like, oh, I can't give you that information. Gestapo. Yeah, and so then I was like, and so I kind of let, and honestly, I don't remember much of else that happened in that first meeting, but I kind of left and went home, and P.S., my father was teaching at BYU at this time, oh, an cool, empl- cool, employee cool. of the BYU. Cool, cool. And my, uh, the husband of Sister Great Whore Upon the Waters was, he was at BYU Law School, and I remember, like, talking to him about it, and he's like, you know, in any court of law, like, you have a right to face your accusers. Like, you should say that to him next time you go in. Because there was going to be more meetings. But they but but they don't operate like a exactly. court of law. Exactly. This, like yeah. like, this they is my whole point of, like, like saying, like, you're raised in this country with this idea of, like, due process and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. inalienable rights. But no, no, no. Not with the honor code So office. I did go in armed with this just nuggets of, like... You know, firepower. And oh boy, did Brother Baker not like that. He said, you know, we've had the NCAA in here. And like when you, this is a private institution. I was like, okay, okay. So he's like, so I'm like, so um, he then, I mean, the next interview was basically more about like trying to get me to admit that it was Barry. (laughs) And I was like, it wasn't. Who was this? Does this person go to BYU? I'm like, no. And he's like, have they ever gone to BYU? I'm like, no. And, you know, I'm like, and, and then honestly, he literally asked me, he's like, well, you know, there's, there's a gay underground here at BYU and they try to recruit other people. <gasps> you, no, oh, for sure. Oh, and yeah. I'm not making this shit up. No, I no, really no, am no, not. No. I mean, I make shit up for a living. Like, I, I'm not making this up. Yeah. Like, this is, I mean, playwrights don't make any money. Let's be honest here. I mean, like, it's not really a living. It's not really a living. We cobble together, you know, unless you have Pulitzer Prizes and, right, right. you know, chairs at university named after you but <laughs> anyway but oh god tangents um so, so he's trying to get he's to trying like to get reveal, me to name yeah, other people name names, and he's yeah. like you must know other people who are ha- same-sex attraction i was like yeah i do and he's like well who are they I'm like i have no information about anything about they've ever done to anybody else and i fucking said this to him mm-hmm. i'm like i'm not going to tell you anyone's names yeah. like my name has been given to you yeah like i don't i wish i mean maybe now i'm like creating some fantasy dialogue but i know very clearly i said i know I yeah, said, of course I'm I know gonna, people yeah, like that, yeah, but I'm not yeah. going to tell you because I don't know. I don't have that information, you know? Yeah. We're not going to create Stalinist Russia right here right. in the BYU right. Honor Code office, BYU. fucker. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, do we need to take, take a, a break? break? We're going to take a break. We got to pay the sponsors. We got to <laughs> we gotta keep the lights on. Oh, my God. Do you have any thoughts, Sister Twain? Uh, no, no, no. 
No. Okay. okay, let's take a break. Okay. Okay, so Brother Baker, is that his name? Yeah, Brother Baker, the head of the honor club. And he was office. like, were you making it with Barry, Gary, or Larry? Tell it to me straight. Oh, no. Oh, no. He had no idea that Larry existed. Oh, right. no. He just was focused Larry, on Larry. Larry, like, Larry was on no one's radar. Why? Because Larry wasn't Mormon, and they don't give a fuck. Right. Um, I mean, Larry was raised Mormon, but Larry didn't care. Okay, but but we were way past that. So Way, way past you that. You went in with your legalese. Went with my legalese. And, and oh, and Brother like, Baker, like, had flames on the side of his face. <laughs> righteous indignation. Piles of righteous indignation. How dare you in both hands bring saying, due process to this How Gestapo dare you? Court. The NCAA has tried over and over to take us down and we have triumphed because it's a private university uh when into which when you step you sign away all those rights essentially which i'm sure it's much more complicated than that blur 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 tried to get me to name names i said ain't gonna happen and he said okay well you know i have to tell you i appreciate you being so forthcoming and honest it's rare that i you know we have somebody here so forthcoming and honest i'm like i don't know why you're telling me god i hate them i know (laughs) But then anyway, I went away and he said, well, well, you know, we'll let you know what our decision is in, you know, a few weeks. And then, um. What their decision is. Whether I was going to be put on probation, whether I was going I mean, to be completely kicked out, expelled. But like, had you, had you talked about like what had, like nothing had happened, right? I admitted to ha- struggling with SSA and having a sexual experience with a man. Okay. But, but I like, had broken the honor code. Don't you I understand? Know. No, I know. If you but go it's to like, BYU, you deserve to go to school with people who are keeping the law of chastity. But again, like... You can't attend classes with somebody who might lead you astray. But again, like, first of all, the person who accused you was not even... I mean, we the, don't even know who the, that was yeah, yet. The person, so don't get ahead of the, the narrative, The person who, was, who you were accused of breaking the law of chastity with was not the person you and actually And actually, done. that person who I love dearly, and I, I don't think I've, I haven't seen it in a decade we should i was speaking with a dear friend at a wedding the other night another friend about that person and that person barry we all know is doing very very well has recently been married and we should find out how barry is doing but also like you're this because quote all these people are just like fucking characters in the church's narrative anyway, the, this quote-unquote like sexual encounter you have was like a little bit of kissing like shirts off yeah, I mean, you know the, what I mean? the like, details of it like are, are like inconsequential to me now looking back, but it's very consequential to the men, the white men who run this it's church. It's very clearly. consequential to Brother Baker. Like what, and also to the bishops, like, what exactly did you do? Like, how know. hard were you? But I don't know if he, he probably did ask me those questions. I don't know. Like, if I was a young girl, maybe in an office, it would like traumatize me. But like, I don't know that that was the part that was most traumatizing that he asked me about specifics about the sex acts. Like, right. I don't know. Did he ask you about specific? I really don't remember. You don't remember? Okay. Okay. The things that stood out to me is when he asked me to name names, when he said, are you sure it wasn't with Barry? And I was like, the fuck? Like, I just told you it wasn't with Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you even know that Barry, like, what? You know? And then I think I, in my mind across those, oh, I think like Gary is at the bottom of this, right. you know, Fucking but they Gary. wouldn't, they wouldn't tell me, you but, know, but let's get back to so, him, him saying you're so honest and we really appreciate yeah. that. So we'll then, let you know what our decision is uh-huh. like, okay. Um, stop asking questions. Okay, okay. Let's just like let yeah, get through yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Christ. <laughs> I'll just drink my drink. No, it's fine. I appreciate being asked questions. But <laughs> so then I go about my life, you know, and I of course because Elder Insum cannot shut up. I'm talking to everybody in my life about this. Oh, I love it. And everyone in my life is, you know, clearly, primarily, almost everybody in life is very Mormon. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're expressing, um, 
they're commiserating to some degree, like how hard this is and how unfair this is, right? And this is a this is a recurring theme. It's a motif, if you will, in my life of <laughs> loving Mormon friends and family, like expressing empathy for how hard something must right. be. But really, at the same time, sustaining this, the, the engine the of the abuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just what I was talking about with Brother Baker himself, probably yeah. also like just a cog in the machine. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and I hear, think of Elder Oaks, what he just said, like, on some of like, I want, I want him to be the person to crucify for it. But you know what? Also probably a PTSD He's part of the survivor. Like, yeah. it's like, what are we going to do? How are we going to fix this world? What the world needs now <laughs> is love, <laughs> sweet love. All right. No, but so, there's but there is real truth to that that like it's easy to be angry at the individual, but it's or the institution. Or the institution. I remember when I was in therapy as I was coming out and like ending my marriage and leaving the church, like talking to my therapist about what what I was going to say and he basically said like you were handed a live grenade mm-hmm. and like at some point you have to let go of that grenade and mm-hmm. it's going to blow up mm-hmm. and there is going to be collateral damage and there are going to be carnage people, blood, there are going to be flesh. people that are hurt by it yeah. but like you can't like you have to let go of the grenade you know mm-hmm. like you you are part of a system like you were you you didn't choose any of this you didn't plan any of this this was not you know sort of your life goal or whatever but like you were you were put in a system that hands you a live grenade and said, good luck. And at yeah. some point you have to let that go and it's going to blow up and it's going to hurt people. I'm reminded of the words of the very, very wise Don Henley. In, <laughs> oh, I in, am listening. In 1989, he penned a beautiful song, uh, which, let's be honest, and DRE did a much better version of, but Henley wrote the song okay. and he did a great cover of it. It's called <clears throat> The Heart of the Matter. Yeah. And the chorus is, um, let's start with the pre-chorus. <laughs> is this like pre-com? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, you pre. You know, there's in most pop music kidding. structures, there's kidding. verse, yeah, pre-chorus, then, chorus, right. Right. verse, yeah. pre-chorus, right. chorus, bridge. But okay. the pre-chorus, pre-chorus is what pre-chorus. lubes up. I really the think chorus. the pre-chorus is like what gets us ready to, for the entry. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Like like pre-com, like you said. Yeah, I know. I know. You are right. I know. Thank you. Thank you. No, I can't remember what it is, but. Anyway, the, there's the bridge. Let's just fuck the chorus and the pre-chorus. But the bridge is like, oh, there are people in your life who've come and gone. They let you down. You know, they hurt your pride. You better put it all behind you, babe, because life goes on. You keep carrying that anger. It'll eat you up inside. And then when DRE does it, she riffs the shit out of that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But Don just kind of shout speaks it, you know. Right, right. But... It's all good. But basically saying if you carry that anger, it's going to eat you up inside. And the thing that interests me most is when he says, you better put it all behind you, babe. And the thing is, that is that is the kind of narrative that we're given in a, yeah. in, in a world oh, yeah. that like everybody, Don Henley, who's not Mormon, who's <laughs> not gay. Ari, and everybody. Ari, like it all resonates <laughs> with us because on some level, that is what we're asked to do. And it's fucking shit. And at the same time, like, you do have to do it. But to me, it's not about putting it behind you or stuffing it down. It's about pulling the pin out of the grenade. Yeah. Speak the truth. Let, let the damage happen. Right. Repair and keep and going forward. So uh, how Deal do- with the damage. So Brother Baker said. Okay. <laughs> Brother Baker pulled the pin in the way that he thought he was supposed to be pulling the pin. And the damage happened. Gary, we all know by now, pulled the pin and the damage happened. And, you know, I'm part of that damage and I have to pull the pin and the damage happens. So 
Blah, blah, blah. A couple weeks later, I get a letter from the BYU Honor Club and office saying I'm like expelled for the academic year. And if I want to come back, I have to, I have to go to a therapist that, you know, a BYU, a sanctioned therapist to deal with my SSA. I had to write some goddamn essay on like an Ensign article, a talk by probably, probably by, probably by Henry Bienson. Um, (laughs) But I think it was by like Holland about like love or something. The title of the essay was like, I hate penises. And you had to, actually the truth is, which is might be like, I hate penises. Actually probably more accurately. I hate the JJ's. Like, I slash hate, love, need, want, you know, the J- but it was actually really entitled, like, God's Eternal Love, or, like, right. the healing of the atonement. But, like, I mean, that's the shit show we're dealing, that's the that's double the speak. Jury, that's the jury That's the on. double speak yeah, we're yeah, living yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so then I'm like, okay, so I'm kicked out of BYU, and, like, and at this point, like, my, whatever, you know, because I'm 24, 24 years old at this point, mm. and at this point, like, I'm, like, so... Whatever, like, truth claim concerns I had, whatever, like, issues I had with my sexuality, like, my, the only thing I really had any sort of, like, in big air quotes, testimony of anymore was, like, the idea of Christ as love and the atonement. You know what I mean? And this was, and if I had any faith in the institution of the church, this was like, I was like, yeah, I don't think this is how Jesus does things. You know? I was just like, no. And so that was just kind of like the final thing that I was like, yeah, no. And so I did, I kind of, even though it was very damaging, I kind of didn't give a fuck that this was, I was like, thank you. Thank you for like helping me out the door. Right. Um, Wow. But but me and Jesus were still like this. I'm crossing my two fingers like this. Mm -hmm. So I get this email. So this is like 2000, 1999. And incidentally, the morning that I'm responding to the email, the follow-up email that Brother Baker had sent me after I got the official letter, he said... We, you know, we at the Honor Code office like to follow up with the people and get feedback on the process. I kid you not. So I'm writing him a feedback email on a Sunday morning. Right. And that, and, and I remember being in the little downstairs office at my parents' old home where we had the one computer. Right. They probably had dial up on it. Right. And I'm responding to the email and because on a Sunday morning, because within an hour I'm going to go to Who's Farewell? Gary's farewell. Oh, <laughs> Gary. Gary was going to Russia, and um, I send off the email and say, you know, I'll have to be honest, like, you know, of course, I felt, but I felt like the way that I was asked to name names was just like, and I, and I would love to find that email. Uh, Who knows? I think it was back when I had like a Yahoo account or right, even right, before right, that. Right. But so I probably can never find it, but I feel like in my, in my best self version, I actually said, when you asked me to name names of people, I didn't feel like that was anything like Jesus would do. But right. I don't know. I kind of was upfront and honest with him. But so then I sent that email off, gotten the little, um, the car and drove over, you know, like five blocks because it's Orem, Utah, you know, and yeah, there's like yeah. a stake center every block yeah. uh, to, to Gary, Gary's, Gary's farewell. farewell at the stake center. Oh. And I walk into the stake center thinking the service, the, uh, what is it called? Sacrament meeting is, you know, like at 11, I walk in and it's not then. And it's actually probably at noon. And because it's Orm, Utah, like Gary lives around the corner. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking back out to go to Gary's house to see what's up. Cause they're probably at his house practicing the musical number. And lead kindly. Light <laughs> and guess who, should walk, who was blue. walking up Ooh. to the stake center. Guess who's walking up to the stake center. Barry. No. Larry. No. Brother Baker. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I go, Brother Baker, I was just sending an email to you. And he's like, oh. I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, 
I'm on, he, well, maybe he said to me, he was, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, I'm here for Gary's farewell. And he goes, oh, I'm in the stake presidency with Gary's father. And I was just like, oh. well, of course you are. Of course you fucking are. Yeah. So then I walk around the corner to Gary's house and they are indeed practicing the musical number. Right. And remember, I'm very close to this whole family because right. they're all like a theater family. Right. You and quickly suck when I'd done lots stick. of Oh God, no, come on. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, but they're saying they're doing the musical number, and then I remember walking with Gary. I was like, "Hey, can I talk for you a second? Talk with you for a second? I walk down into his room, and I tell him what's happened. I was like, "Hey, by any chance, did you ever talk to anybody, your father, perhaps, about when I remember when I back in March when you asked me about Barry, and um, did you ever talk to your dad about that?" And he's like, "No." And I was like, "Because I, you know, just so you know what happened, I've been kicked out of BYU, and because I was accused of having sex with Barry, which I did not, and." and Gary was like, no, no. And we walked back. And I was like, okay. We walk back up the stairs where, you know, his family, he's got his beautiful suit on. He's ready to give his mission farewell address and sing a beautiful song and a lovely voice like every other person in his family. And they're going to... kindly light right. And we're walking down the steps of his house to go to his farewell. And he stops, turns around, and he grabs me by the arm and he goes, I need to talk to you. And he brings me back in. We walk back down the stairs to his room, and he's crying. He goes, I have so to. intense. No, this so is so, so intense. This is so great. I love and he, this. And, and the thing is, and he's, he, he's weeping. Up. He's weeping. He goes, I have to tell you the truth. And he's like, Yeah. He goes, I told my dad about it because I was so worried and so scared. And I, you know, I did it because I love you and I'm so sorry, or something like that, apologizing. And I remember giving him a hug and saying, I understand. I love you. Go give your farewell. And so I went to his farewell and did that. And I guess the thing I want to say about the whole thing in that is that... Lead thou me on. Right, but here's, but here's the thing. Like, if we, can, if we can circle it back to what I was talking to with my therapist about, <laughs> the guilt and the anger and the rage, it's that, it's that like... You know that uh, medical affliction where people pull out their own hair? Sister Twain just yeah. contracted that medical I condition. Mean, but, She's plucking her own hair from this, her skull. But I think this is the thing that I think a lot of us who have, and I'm not even going to put quotations around it. Let's just give them the, the reality. Who love us. Mormons who love us. Yeah. So you're saying a lot of us who have Mormons who, who love, love us. us. Yeah. Are in this position where we are hurt so deeply or traumatized by their actions within the system and they suffer because we suffer and then we take care of we them. We take on their we pain. We take care yep. on their pain and we hug we, them and yep. say, I it's love okay. you. I know I you're suffering it. because yep. of the way yep. you have hurt me yep. and I'm suffering because of the way you've hurt me. It's this, it's this cycle of trauma and I don't know who to be mad at. And so I just think, old Mad River, keep. I just, it's just the endless flow of human suffering. And I feel like Mormonism maximizes it. But I don't yeah. know that I can even really get that mad at Mormonism. I just like, it's like, I just want to take them all and line them up and Stalin and Hitler and Oaks and, <laughs> and Trump. And probably even Obama. I know. Am I blasting? I just want to teach her this. Leaders. Stalin I just think and like, Hitler and Oaks and Obama. I just think. I just think you're. It's and probably myself in that. I've probably been someone's Oaks. No, you haven't. Oh come on! I just think we have to like be honest. Like human beings, by virtue of being human beings, we hurt one another. Hurt people. That's, hurt other people. Okay. And there's and systems amplify that hurt. I just I don't know what to do about it. I look at the picture of the house burning on the cliff, and I'm thinking. That's me in the house, and I, I right. also started the fire in someone else's. We didn't start the fire. We tried to Listen, this has been a journey. But yeah. what I want to say is, 
of course we all hurt each other. Of course, as human beings, we do things that cause other human beings pain. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's equivalent to say like, I don't think you've hurt people the way that you've been hurt. Oh, no. I, I don't I at all. Not. I hope not. But I guess I guess what I'm trying to get at is there's individual accountability, which we can't toss out the window. we got to hold each other accountable. We have to hold ourselves accountable. But there's something else called being alive and being human beings and the systems which through which we socialize, through which we live, that inherently have pain-causing... Um, mechanisms within them. I don't know, like language itself can be dangerous. Language itself can be traumatizing. But is there another way by which we can communicate besides language, which by its very nature can't be traumatizing? And I just don't know what to do about it because like, I am so angry. I'm so hurt. I am so damaged. And I was just with my family today for the, you know, for the first time since a really traumatic incident this summer in the same space as them. And I just realized like how much they love me and I love them and they're not assholes. Right. They're not. Right. And I think Oaks is a fucking dickwad asshole, but I kind of feel like maybe his kids love him. Yeah. And maybe he loves his kids. And I'm just like, what the fuck are we going to do? I'm so mad. I'm so fucking angry. I'm just so rageful. And I don't think it's, right or useful to really get angry at an individual in a real way. Like, we, I feel like we have to be better at hearing each other's mm-hmm. rage and anger mm-hmm. and taking it and listening to it and saying, that's okay. Life sucks. We hurt one another. Like, and we shouldn't put it all behind us because life goes on, but we should do something with it because if you keep carrying that anger, it's going to eat you up inside. If you want to have, I just don't know what to do. I don't know. I have no answers. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Take a break, and then we'll ask the five questions. Brother Baker, take the wheel. Take it from my hands. (laughs) I can't do it on my own. I think we're going to take the wheel from Brother Baker. Jesus. I mean, I feel like the wheel's been taken from him, and I really hope it has. We've been on a journey. I want to look him up. Brother Baker. Yeah. I hate he, him. Do you think he's like? Do you think he's still like a dentist in Pleasant Grove, or do you think he's like come no, out I feel of the like closet? The office person. That was a full time job. Like that yeah, was a salary true. job. That's like he, that was a job. job. That wasn't like a calling. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I just want to say. Yeah. I don't know what I want to say. I uh, what I want to say is uh, 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 there's so much here in this. St- story and in the headspace that um brother insom has expressed Elder and Insom. displayed yes sorry um that is really validating for a lot of us ex-mormons um you know elder insom has been in um has been out for almost 20 years mm-hmm. he has been in a really great relationship that's true with for for how long eight, eight, years. Be eight yeah. years eight yeah. years and with a really cute guy and so he's real so, cute he's so you, cute he's and so for those of you who wherever you're at in your journey from your your sojourn away from mormonism don't beat yourself up about any emotions that are still coming up for you. Yeah, because they're going to keep coming up forever and ever. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, cool. Great. Because you're 45. Sorry. But 
but no, like, I think there's something really powerful about the idea of, like, I love you, but you hurt me, mm-hmm. and I hate you <laughs> at the yeah. same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think I think all of us that grew up in Mormonism or or any sort of conservative religion or whatever, like, there's that feeling of, like, you're my people, and you're the people I love the most in the world, but you are also the people that hurt me the most in yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. And, like, and I have to hold those two ideas in my head and in yeah. my heart at the same time. Yeah. And I can't... I can't just burn down the bridge and be like, fuck you all. Like, I'm never going to talk to you again to my family or my siblings or my mom. Mm -hmm. But I also can't just be like, condone everything that they do. Because things they do hurt me and things they do tear me apart inside. But, like, I still love them. They're still my people. And they still love you. Yeah. And that love is not invalid. It's not. And and it's just, I, I don't, this is so judgy, but, like. It, it's it's sometimes on some level it's easier to dismiss the love of the people who Completely, hurt you. Completely, a hundred. I get it, and sometimes and here's the thing: I think it's valid. Sometimes you have to do that in order to survive. Yeah. Sometimes you do. You have to boundaries. Yeah. Maybe that's the word we're looking for. Sometimes you have to create boundaries and say, "I can't have you in my life right now because the way you love me is damaging." But yeah. like, hurting me. Yeah. yeah. I, that's fair. I've been yeah. there. Maybe I am there. I don't know. Anyway. But also, I would like to add that. Whether it's marriage, whether it's our parents, whether it's our siblings, whomever. Just because they love us doesn't mean we we owe them yeah. the privilege of being a part of our lives. Yeah. Fair. Are you talking about Sister Volva? Was that directed at Sister Volva? <laughs> Why does Sister Volva like try to like? I don't know. No, no not I'm totally at all. Joking. It was I'm a totally joke joking. Because Sister, Sister Volva's Vulva. lovely. She's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but, oh, but, no, but, for sure. But the, the the root of that sentiment is is love is great, but it's not enough. Yeah, it's I, I, not I the end so all. I so agree. Yeah. There is a song. This whole thing is about like shitty pop songs. I love, I love, I love that every here, this, every segment. This one like, is gonna blow the whole thing up let's because do it. it's let's actually a pop song recorded by La Reine de Quebec. The friend of Quebec? La Reine. The, the queen, friend of Quebec. The queen, queen of Quebec. Quebec. Does anybody know who that Celine is? Dion. Celine Dion. Cel- oh. La Celine. Oh. La Celine. But we all know uh, Celine, Notre Celine. She doesn't write her own music. <laughs> I love that you called her Notre Celine. Notre like Celine. our Celine. Well, that's what she's known as in Quebec. Uh, really? Oh, she's, but she's also despised in Quebec, too. Oh. oh, I love you, Celine. If you're listening, I adore you. If you're listening. <laughs> if Celine single... Dion is listening to Hot Drinks. But So she record, she's recorded a couple albums where all the songs in French were written by Jean-Jacques Goldman. Right. Where to refer to him as the French James Taylor. Um, but there's you a guys, beautiful Celine, song. One I of the albums is so called Si Suffice D'Amé, which, which basically says, if it was enough to love, if love was enough. And it's a beautiful sentiment of the song, but the truth is, is love is not enough. And no. that's something that my mom, who, I, who is, a, one of the most, she's the most amazing woman I know. Let's just be, but she also has hurt me probably in some ways more than any other person because she loves me so much. But she just likes to say, well, we love you. We know, right, we know like we that's like, enough. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. I know you love yeah, me, Mom. Yeah. I love you, and I don't know what to do with it, but I don't know that it's enough to fix all this. Yeah, no. And I don't know that it's your responsibility to fix it. I just got to live my life and figure out how to fix it and then decide how you and I can have a relationship. Like, if you want to help me fix it, great. If you can't, fair, but maybe I need some space. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what to I. We're just doing a loop. I'm just going to yeah. do the same thing, yell and right. say, I don't know what to do, and say, fuck it again. So Let's do let's the five questions. Up. Okay, so we've got five questions for you. I was trying to look up, because the, there's the song that Celine sings, It's All Coming Back to Me Now. It's all coming back to me. Where she says, like, if you hurt me like this. Like, it hurts me like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's. 
that I feel like that's the outro if we could get the rights to play Celine Dion sure, music on the sure, outro. Sure. If you hurt me like this. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what it's all about. It's like about how you hurt me and how your mother hurt you and we've all hurt but each like, other. Yeah, but yeah, God. If you hurt me. So question one. Yeah. If your topic was a cocktail, uh-huh. <laughs> what is in it and what, and is, what it? is it called? You know, before... This, eve- this evening when we began, I brought the makings for a cocktail, which is known as Negroni. A Negroni. In the, in the real world. But I feel like it would be this grow me. <laughs> this grow me. This grow me. And the reason a Negroni is such a powerful cocktail is because it's just three alcohols. It's all booze. And eat one, and one, one to one to one. There's ratios. no juice or like no lemon. Juice. There's nothing. Maybe no. there's some water and like maybe right. just no. like some mist of an orange yeah, peel. some ice that's been stirred. <laughs> but it's just diluted. gin. Yeah. Vermouth and right. Campari, and right. it just boos me up. Right. And I just feel like that's kind of like if you know me, you know I'm just like, I'm like three parts everything. Like I'm just like <laughs> I'm always. Oh I'm, it's all it's all or nothing. I don't know how to not be that, and I probably should try to try to be like. But yeah, I'm just a fucking lot. I'm. Just, I apologize to all the people who have to associate with me. I'm just a lot. But I'm I also three think types of alcohol with the no Negroni. Juice. The Negroni is perfect for this because it's like bitter but it's beautiful oh, like it's delicious you. but it's like really bitter it's a lot like it's it's a lot take me in doses i won't be offended like when sister twain drank the negroni she grew, she grew a dick yeah she said i think i just grew a dick <laughs> yeah because it's bitter and it's a lot well my sweet, if you hurt me like this my sweet sweet partner like introduced me to him and i used to be all about the dark and stormies because you know that's a little bitter but also sweet and fun and the past couple years i'm just like fuck that shit all i want is a negroni you don't want anything sweet <laughs> Or anything stormy. You just want bitter. Yeah. If you hurt me like this. Okay, question two. Which golden girl are you? You know, here's the funny thing. I have always loved the Blanche Dubois. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't know that I am. I think part of me is Blanche. But you know what? I really think I'm probably Dorothy at the I end of the day. I love a Dorothy. I, I, I Or maybe my fantasy is to be Dorothy because, like, I like a strong woman. Oh, yeah. But all four of those women are the strongest people in the world. Love love them all. so much. So I I probably could be, I probably could be all of them, or maybe they're all in me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I love, I I just, I love a gentle listener of a certain generation because so many of our gentle listeners are like, I have never heard of the Golden Girls. What the fuck is wrong with you? Watch them. Follow it. Start with season one and just go straight through. It holds up. Really holds up. It's still good. It's still funny. We're going to watch an episode when this is done. Yes, we are. You can't go home. We're going to watch one of No, we're not going to go home. We got to. Okay. Okay. If you had chosen a different topic, like what what could you speak as an expert on for two minutes? Uh, What would your topic, topic be? Either triathloning or playwriting. I mean, theater and triathlons. That's, okay. that's my life. Do you have anything you want to say about that? Mm, they fuck you up. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Question four. What's one thing you want to ask Sister Twain tonight? Oh, God. So many questions. Actually, I don't know that I know this, this answer, but, like, how did the podcast... First of all, how did you two become friends? And I know you've been friends for... A long, long time because right. we have we have mutual mutual right, right, friends. Right. Like, right? But like, how did you guys become start hanging out on the regular? Right. And then, how did the podcast come about? I like, love this question. I don't know that I. Do knew you want to feel this, Sister Twain? I'll feel that. You'll feel that. Okay. So, um, when I moved to Salt Lake four and a half years ago, okay. but we knew each other yeah, many, sure. many moons ago at, the at BYU. BYU. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 
I was working for World Market. Right. And... I just remember that you were going somewhere. You were going to work at World Market at 7 a.m. one day after a story that had been... Oh, <laughs> maybe a certain threesome I'd have. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't get what everyone's freaking out about. I don't... <laughs> it's one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard. Sorry. So, uh, and... Uh, I started at the store in Cottonwood Heights, and um, there was a employee at the Park City World Market who would call the store from time to time um, to see if we had a piece of furniture that a customer would need, and I hadn't met this person face-to-face yet, um, and... One of the times that we were on the phone talking about whether or not one of us had a piece of furniture um, for a customer, he said, oh, by the way, um, we have a mutual friend. And I said, oh, who? Because I hadn't met this person yet. No. And he said, it's Brother Jack Coffee. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he goes, and I go, oh, my gosh, how do you know him? And he said, our early days, our early days in retail. And I said, oh, and he goes, we should hang out, the three of us. And as far as I knew, Brother Coffee was still in his mixed orientation oh, marriage. Really? Let oh. me let me say, let me just tell my side of the story really quickly. Uh, okay. So I met this friend, let's call him Gary. <laughs> so I met Gary on Grindr, which is a, a gay dating app where you meet your soulmate. Oh, really? It's a gay that, sex app. No, it it's is? a gay. No, so I met this guy on Grinder, and we were chatting, and he was like, we should meet. We should have drinks. And and this was, like, so early in my coming out. Like, so early. And I was – it was the first time I went to a gay bar. He was like, oh, let's meet at this gay bar in Salt Lake called Triangles. And I was terrified. I was like, it's going to be underwear night. It's going to be jockstrap night. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. Lace thong night. Really. And you guys, night. if you've been to Triangles in Salt Lake, it is a sad, sad, quiet little gay bar. Like, nothing is nothing exciting is happening there. Uh-huh. So this friend and I, Gary, we met for drinks and we were talking and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and then he said, oh, yeah, I know this. Anyway, not that same night, but like later. He said, oh, I, I work with this girl that you know. Her name is Sister Latter-day Twain. <laughs> And anyway, so when he was talking to me and he said we should hang out, like I said, as far as I knew, he was still in his mixed orientation marriage. Right. And I told... Because you knew from day one that, that I was a homo. That you were a big old gay. You knew that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm getting married. And you were like, that bitch is gay. <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, um, you know what? I, I don't think I can do that. Um, so... Gary, I used to be married to a gay man, and I'm not anymore, and I can't hang out with someone who is in a marriage like that. And he goes, oh, we should talk. I was like, what? And he goes, because they are separated or maybe fully divorced at this point. And I was like, oh, well, then let's hang out. And so that's how that happened. So then Sister Twink came over. I had a lovely charcuterie board laid out. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. I bet it was. Uh-huh. I make a really good charcuterie board. I'm sure you do. And we had some cocktails. Yeah. And then how did the pod come about? I don't even remember. I do remember we oh, went to a had, coffee shop. Oh, my God. We've told this story so many times. Oh, I'm sorry. But we I'll went. You're fine. We went to a coffee shop. and But I don't remember where go, the idea came from. Because I said we should do a podcast. Oh, my gosh. We said this two episodes ago. I'm sorry. I was and like, listen, I really no, it's not you. It's this it's one. It's me. It's, it's me. It's this one. It's me. I was like, 
we are fucking fascinating we're and so hilarious. Funny. We're so funny. Let's do a podcast. And you were like, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, hey, let's meet at the coffee shop. And you're like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. It was so white. We, it was the whitest thing we've ever done. We <laughs> sat at a podcast. Oh, my gosh, don't. We and we were sat, like, we sat at, a at, a, at a coffee shop. Stop. I made up a coffee shop. Anyway. And we were like, let's talk about the pod. Uh-huh. What's going to happen on the pod? And, and, it was and so we're white. not going to retell it. No, but anyway. anyway. So that's how that happened. So that's how we met. I mean, that's like <laughs> oh how, that's how this all happened. So last question. What do you know to be true now? Uh, that nothing. If you touch me like this. No, no. no that I, I actually think, I actually think what I know to be true is nothing. I don't know anything. Okay. That, I, that's what I've learned is that there is it. no such thing as truth. I love it. And, wow. that, and that our obsession with truth is our downfall. Wow. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how you live in a world without thinking about something as true or false. We have to believe in the idea of true or false, but we don't know. We don't know. Preach. And just embrace the idea that like there's kind of no such thing as truth. And like it's it's our obsession with our assertion that something is true and something else is false that gets us into trouble. And that's maybe how we hurt each other. So just be okay with not knowing. God damn. <laughs> if you touch me like this. <laughs> wow. Brother Heinrich B. And some. <laughs> it's been a journey. It's been a journey full of truths and lies. Rage. And rage. Ah, so mad. <laughs> he really is. Right now, my neighbors are calling the police. No, they're not. They're fine. It's There's a hot doctor that lives across that way, and he has a small child, and then on the other way is another hot guy. I don't know what his is profession is, though. Too? No, but the one, the, the one over there is a doctor. Anyway, Sister Twain, it's been a journey. It has. Uh, brother Insum, yes. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad we're so happened. glad you came into town. I we're so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad you were the fo- first homosexual that I ever oh. met, other than myself. I mean, I'm, I don't know what to say except yeah, I'm, yeehaw. You're welcome. <laughs> Ye- yeehaw. I bless you. You you have blessed me. Your gayness has blessed me. I shall shower you with my. Well, oh. I, will, I shall oh. respond to your supplication. That's happening after. All my after, after we stop recording is when you start showering me with and your supplicate. gayness. Yeah, he's gonna supplicate later. Oh my god, I've got to go home, you guys. You guys, Love it's you. like it's like eleven o'clock. Oh my god, you got to go put your sixteen-year-old to bed. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Hey, try. listen, if you enjoy the podcast, please follow us on Instagram, Hot Drinks. Mm-hmm. That's where you know all the new things going on. Twitter, Hot Drinks. Tweet, tweet your thoughts and and put our handle in your we're tweet. We're not great at the Twitter. But but we're telling our listeners to be great at the Twitter. Which will inspire us to be greater at the Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can also email us at hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. Um, they really, really honestly, genuinely, like, there are, we get some lovely emails and they really mean a lot to us. Like, they... Help me on dark days. They really do. They really do. No, seriously. There's some really lovely people. Um, and if you and if you love this podcast and you feel like you can throw a little financial support away to make it easier for us to do this pod, you can go to www.patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash hot drinks. Hot drinks. And you can sign up to be a patron, which means you can throw a little money our way Every month, which might be a dollar, might be $10, might be $20, whatever you can afford. But you will get extra bonus episodes, uh, videos, special gifts in the mail. Material, content. We will send you nudes. We won't actually send you nudes. But really just DM me if you want nudes and I'll send them to you. Material. 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 So so please come to the Patreon if you want to support us. And 
material, but material. <laughs> Have a good night. We love you.